mean, I'm a huge people pleaser. So it's yeah. like, I want everyone to, that's another one of kind of my things that I'm working on in therapy, my life coach and everything. It's just like, I want everyone to like me. I want everyone to be my friend. Uh, and whenever someone doesn't, I'm just like, well, what's wrong with me? Hi, I'm Irene Yanku, and this is my podcast. I have spent my entire career in dentistry learning. Learning about new technology, techniques to better my clinical skills, and now I'm a practice owner and leader. In life as a learner, I've noticed my truest love for learning has not been about teeth or what material is best to use for a core buildup. It's been learning about people in our dental community. The educators, scientists, clinicians, business owners, and advocates, their stories, their lives, their why, and their what's next. Getting to know them as humans, identifying how they work, what their rituals are, while highlighting them as the true trailblazers in dentistry. And that's what I do here on the show. So hold on to your suction. It's about to get slippery here on the Tooth or Dare podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast, Peeps, with your peep, Irene. Hi. Welcome to another episode recorded live at SmileCon. SmileCon 2023. I feel like SmileCon. And I'm joined by a guest, which you yep. just heard. Sorry. Um, which you probably follow on Instagram or TikTok. And if you don't, then that is a huge detriment to your life because she is the most entertaining <laughs> human being of my day most days. Dr. Brittany Baker. That's me. What Hi, up? everybody. What's up? Hey, everybody. I feel like I need an accent. <laughs> I know. I told her earlier. I was just like, she's going to have an accent by the end of this. Yeah. But in this episode. I need to know everything about you. Yeah. Also, your necklace is so cute. It oh, says BB you. on it. Yeah, yeah. Brittany Baker. That's me. So, yeah. I mean, Start from the beginning from birth. Where yeah. did you grow up? Where did you? Where were you born? Yeah. That music is very loud. Oh, yeah. But anywho. So I am from a little town called Hazard, Kentucky. So okay. it's very small. Hazard? Mm-hmm. Like, hazard. Like Hazard ahead. Hazard. Like Dukes of Hazard. Okay. We're not that Hazard, but it's like the same word, right? Okay. Okay. So from Hazard, Kentucky. And so I was born there. When I was like two years old, my mom decided she wanted to go to dental hygiene school. Okay. So my brother was a newborn. I was like a toddler. She goes to hygiene school. And, you know, I just remember when I was a little kid, just seeing her just like working so hard. So I think that that's where like my drive came from. Okay. But anyways, my mom became a dental hygienist. I had a pretty normal, you know, childhood growing up. I grew up in a dental office. No um, way. Yeah. So every time that somebody would ask me like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm like, I want to be a dentist. So Aww. I've kind of always had that dream, like ever since I was like little. So no way. Yeah. Yeah. So then I just became a dentist. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. like that. Th- yeah, I mean, like, just, just like that. I just became it's like immediately I went from being a toddler yeah. to being so yeah. where did you go to undergrad yeah so I went somewhere called Eastern Kentucky University okay. it's obviously in Kentucky yeah then I went to dental school obviously on the east side yep east side yep then I went to dental school at the University of Kentucky okay where I met my now boyfriend Kevin okay. yep so he's a dentist too okay and um he's from Charlotte North Carolina okay. and that's where we moved after we graduated okay and mm-hmm. when did you graduate when did you start when did you graduate yeah so I graduated right in the middle of the pandemic 2020 no way. it was crazy like trying to find 
on a boards patient for that. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was nuts. But uh, yeah, like our clinic, I remember we were just in there one day, like in school, like we had heard talks of COVID and everything, but I don't think it we was really like took a, it, it was seriously. like a myth- mythical thing that was happening in Asia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like, there's this, did you hear what's happening in China? Yeah, for sure. So we were in like our last semester of dental school. We were just kind of finishing up everything, all, all our requirements and everything. And then one day, like the dean just like came walking through the clinic. He's everybody out, pack it up no right way. now, pack it up, everybody evacuate, like go home. Like, so we're just like, wow, okay. So then COVID happened yeah. and we went home and then, you know, dental school, graduating dental school was kind of crazy for us because we didn't really get a like practice for boards or anything. Like, I don't think I had picked up a handpiece in probably like eight weeks whenever oh, I wow. took boards. Um, like it was crazy. Yeah. Interesting. I don't think I've interviewed anyone that graduated during COVID. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I know like of people, but I don't think I've interviewed anyone like what that experience is like and what that like, what that would have had to do on your mindset yeah. of like going into like literally humans' mouths. Yeah, it was really scary. It was how, really scary. Were you off at all during that time? Like they sent you home and then yeah. how long did you? I was just home until I took boards. So they just like passed everybody They're like, all right, no. you're so good. Did anybody was, actually yeah. fail? Yeah, so I was actually lucky because I had met a lot of my requirements already. Okay, I good. only had to finish up a couple. So it wasn't really that huge of a deal for me. Um, but for some patients, like, who didn't have, like, their, like, removable pros requirement, yeah. for example, that that appointment requires a whole, I mean, that procedure requires a whole lot of appointments yeah. of the patient. And you're like, fabricating your own removable, Yeah, too, and so right? we have to be there and, like, set the teeth and do the wax, all of that stuff. So it's, like, those people are the ones who really, you know, kind of got screwed from COVID. Yeah, so, like, we had a few people who had to, like, stay back um, and finish up the following semester. So, like, it just, like, put you know, a stop to all of their plans. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I know. It was, it was really nuts, but. So you did your boards. Yeah. I did and my boards. then what? So I had actually, this is kind of funny. So I got hired on my Christmas break before COVID happened. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Lucky wow. for me. Yeah. <laughs> like I had, I'd went and um, I just interviewed, like me and Kevin went down to Charlotte and um, I literally posted in a Facebook group and I was just like, can anybody please like help me? Like I'm just trying to find a job. I'm going to be moving here like after school, blah, blah, blah. Anybody interested? And I got actually a whole lot of responses. And, you know, whenever I was in dental school, we were told that it would be really hard to get into a private practice, like right out of school. Like we, they were kind of telling us like, we're not good go enough. To the DSO or? Yeah. They were just like, yeah, you need to go to corporate um, or you need to go to like residency. Like whenever you get out, like it's really? going to be really hard for you to find like a, a good place to work. And so, you know, I don't really, you know, that, that might be true, but I got lucky. I did find a good place to work um, and posted on the Facebook group. I was kind of, it was kind of like a last resort kind of thing. I felt, I kind of felt like, well, I mean, I don't have anything to lose. I might as well just post on here. And then luckily my current boss, um, he had replied to that and I did an interview there. And yeah. What did that interview look like? What does an d- interview for a dentist look like yeah, versus <laughs> like a dental hygienist? Yeah. Well, so I've never been in a dental hygienist interview. Right. But, you know, my boss is very different for me. So I think that it can be very different depending on just the kind of person that they are. So he's like basically opposite of me. Like he's very quiet, just like kind of does the business. Um, I went in there and it was kind of new for him too, right? Because he had started this practice. He'd been out like 15 years at this point. So he never had an associate he had before? He never had an associate before. Oh, okay. So it was kind of 
we were kind of and then there's new. you that comes yeah, in so it's I different when like yeah yeah and okay. another funny thing is, so there's actually like a professional wrestler named Brittany Baker DMD as well and she's a real dentist did no you know way. that no yeah she's a professional wrestler what yeah I'm looking her up right now swear to god look yeah. we're gonna add we're gonna and, add we're gonna add a little video of, yeah. of me looking at Brittany Baker yeah so I actually did I uh I'll have to send you another video that yeah. I did of her like me like and her together like is there two T's her, or one T? I think there's two T's. T-T-A-N-Y Baker. I think she practices Jacksonville, Florida. Okay, so tell me. So he <laughs> thought you were her? Well, I think he, he was kind of just like, oh my God. Like whenever I applied, he saw my name and he's just like, wait a second. This is a professional wrestler. Then I walk in and he's like, oh, must not be the same person. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah, I know. But hilarious. yeah, yeah. It was kind of, it was a interview. I don't think that, I mean, if he listens to this, I don't think he was really prepared for the interview. To be no. honest with you, I like walk in and it was kind of just like, hey, you can come into my office tomorrow for an interview if you want. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I just showed up. So we just kind of talked a little bit and I like way oversold myself too. Like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I was so much more confident coming out of school. Yeah. And then I got kind of knocked on my butt whenever oh, no. I got out. You know what I mean? I mean, not in a bad way. I mean, I grew from it, learned from it, everything like that. Um, But I mean, I was selling myself big whenever I was Do doing think- my interview. Do you think that that's because you were exceptional in school? Like, okay, so yeah. there's always like, you know, the five or six yeah. like people in your class that are like crushing it in theory. Mm-hmm. Clinically, their hands are good. Mm-hmm. Like the teachers kind of like love them. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell who that person is. Yeah. And then, so you're like at the top of your class and then you go into private practice and you're like, okay, this is real life. It's mm-hmm. different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like whenever I was in Kentucky, most of our patients came from the area that I grew up in. So I felt like I had a really easy time like making connections with them because a lot of people in my class were not from the state. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just like a homegrown girl. You know, she's like me. She's like where I came from. So it's like we could connect. Yeah. So I didn't have any problem talking to the patients in dental school, um, you know, and then I didn't really have the same pressure in dental school as you have whenever you graduate because if you make a mistake in dental school, you're like, well, you knew I was a student. Right. You know, like yeah. this is you student clinic. This. You know, yeah. like, what do you mean? And then it's just like you the next the day. Waiver. Yeah, the next day you're a real dentist and like this is your responsibility so it's just a whole lot more pressure um it's a lot more different like I have always been kind of a teacher's pet though like I've always been someone who like looks for external validation um just like trying to get approval from leaders and things like that like not really being a leader myself so that's been kind of like my journey like ever since I've got out of school like I'm trying to just be more confident and like be you know more of a leader to my team and things like that because I think one thing coming out of school and being a young woman like a lot of the assistants and hygienists like they're my age and like on a human being level yeah yeah, like I relate you know like I relate to them way better than I relate to some of my colleagues who are also dentists so I think that's kind of another challenge that we have as young women but at the same time it's not really a challenge. It could be thought of as yeah. like a, a pro. I think it's a pro. Yeah. I mean, you get to be a little bit of both, right? Yeah. Like you get to like be on the organizational and the business side with your colleagues. And mm-hmm. then you also get to like talk shit about them. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. In the lunchroom and like people yeah. are texting you. Yeah, you know, like exactly. That. But you got to like, you know, figure out a way to like, cro- like not cross that line. For sure. I feel like it's super unique that you just like immediately shared that like personal characteristic of you because so many people perhaps are like the teacher's pet or look Mm -hmm. for validation and they don't say what you just said Mm -hmm. so openly and without 
without um, regret or without like feeling any like, I don't even know how to like shame around it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that is often such a shameful thing is like, everyone needs to receive feedback in different ways, right? Mm -hmm. Positive, negative encouragement. And the way that we receive feedback is very specific to us. I need feedback in the moment. If I'm doing a good job, I need you to tell me like right now, not like sit me aside in two weeks from now. Mm -hmm. But other people are not that way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we have these like issues in our office with communicating with one another because we don't like set the expectation of how we want to receive that validation or that feedback Mm -hmm. and how you know you're doing a good job. And you're right. Like, you get out of school. I remember when I got out of school, I went and I worked in a perio practice right away. So I went from like having four hours for a profi <laughs> to like <laughs> two <laughs> hours to, to scale like 12 millimeter deep pockets with mobility and like chunks of calculus that have been there since like the Nixon administration. Yeah. And you're in a perio. You're in a specialty office. Yes. So it's, the pressure is on. So I feel like I did the same thing. So my entry to my first practice, I went on an interview before I wrote my boards. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to get ahead of all of my classmates. I need to like, I wasn't the strongest student, but I worked the hardest. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I did well, but it was, it took me twice as long as everybody else. I relate to that. So I went and I was like, I need to start looking at for jobs before everybody else. Cause all of these other people are going to be so much stronger than me. They're going to get the job. So I went to this interview with this periodontist and I had like a bunch of references and like some family friends that were dentists or doctors. And I put them on my references sheet and he's like, Oh, I know this person. I know this person. Like how long did you work there? And I was like, well, I need to tell you that I actually never worked there. I haven't even finished school yet. And I'm writing my boards in two weeks. And he was so mad. And he said, it's like five foot, nothing little old Jewish man with like cotton top. Like he was like someone's (laughs) grandfather for sure. So he took my resume and he slid it across his consult table. And like, he's like, you wasted my time. Do you know how much money I could have made? And then the first thing that popped into my mind to say to him is that I would work for free. So I was like, I'll work for free. And he's like, what? You tell this little Jewish man that you're going to work for free. And he's like, his ears perked up. Mm -hmm. He's like, what do you mean you'll work for free? I'm like, I'll work for free for three months. I'll pass my boards. I'll work for free. And if, if you don't like me, you can fire me. You can let me go and you can hire someone else with more experience. So he's like, you better hope you passed your boards. Wow. So anyway, I passed the boards and I ended up working for him for many years. But I felt the same thing. I felt like when I left school, I was an inferior human being. Mm-hmm. But I never said it out loud because mm-hmm. I was like, there's too much shame around it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you were going to work for free. I did work for free. Yeah. He, he cut me a check for three months pay after that. Oh, it was nice. That's it was, really I nice. bought my first Louis Vuitton purse. <gasps> wow. <laughs> and I didn't tell my mom because she was like, uh, yeah. anyways, uh, do you think that, okay, so tell me what role social media played because you do a lot on Instagram and mostly, and mainly TikTok, right? Is like TikTok your biggest following? I would say Instagram is my biggest following okay. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the role that it played in school in school so did you did you do any social content while you were in school so I did just personally so that's kind of where I started doing um most of my social media stuff so it started out kind of organically like I would be in clinic and I've always been just like an oversharer like very yeah. just like this is how it is like yeah. so I would post stories all the time of like just like me going through it yeah. like I would literally like sometimes I would have like just tear like makeup oh. down my face but like I know it like sounds bad but it's just like 
tears running down my face, but like I'm smiling because yeah. we're floating for a path test, guys. Right. Like, yeah. and then I would get a bunch of people like, me too. Like, you know, yeah. so it's kind of like sharing your vulnerability can be like really relatable to a lot of people. So I did find that. So it's like I was kind of posting like funny stuff about hard times I was going through. And then a lot of people really liked it. And I was also connecting with a lot more people that way because we were actually talking about things that actually made us feel some type of way. You know what I mean? Like valuable things. Mm. And then and so how has that grown since like since then? Like what what are you seeing on this other end of things? Like now you've been practicing for a couple of years. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how is that transition been? And is it helping you become more confident? Because now you have like a support system. Like you literally have like a support system of complete strangers. No, as literally. crazy as it sounds. Yeah, I no. mean, yeah, like, I met I'm a few earlier. Yeah. yeah. I met a few earlier that like we've been following you for like ever. So there were some people that have been following me for 13 years. <gasps> I like oh put God. a poll on my Instagram. I was like, how long have you been here for? Obviously yeah. not all of them have been here the whole time. Yeah, but I'm yeah. like, I'm curious, like who of the OGs are still here? Mm -hmm. Some people were like, I've been here since the beginning. Like That's amazing. See, it's funny because there's still like some YouTubers that I watch that I started watching when I was like in middle school. And like now me and these girls have like nothing in common, but it's just like, I've been there, you know, yeah. like ride or die. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember when your cat died. Yeah, I was exactly. Like, I know, yeah. I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally. So, it's funny how we feel like we know each other. Like because oh, like we post like really personal things about our lives so it's like we do kind of know each other yeah you know yeah and I always wonder like how much do I know about that person and how much are they not sharing some yeah. some people say that I don't share a lot about my personal life which I don't because mm -hmm. I don't feel comfortable mm -hmm. but I always wonder like yeah how much of what I'm actually seeing yeah. Of those like glossy photos yeah. is real life mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. and whatever just, else is happening. Yeah. I feel like the trend towards content now is just things that are more real, especially yeah. on TikTok. True. Mm -hmm. So we talked about a little bit of this earlier because mm -hmm. I shared a story yeah. of like me getting some like heat from mm -hmm. a bunch of dentists. Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, let's talk I about it. I want to talk about baby. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, I, I posted something on my story. We had like a new product in the office mm -hmm. for AI for like radio refs and it's just like people came at me out of the woodwork because apparently I'm taking away their diagnostic skills but I feel like it's just like a a power move yeah it's pretty bold of people to come at you whenever you know for trying to take care of you know cavities and just like informing people yeah. of what's going on in their mouth it's not like we live in this society where everybody's walking around with pristine teeth and we're just like you know, dental work is like scarce. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like it's everywhere. Like mm -hmm. people need to know. And like, I just feel like the mouth is like the biggest like unknown area of people's body, honestly. Yeah. And I think met, like in medicine, they don't learn as much about oral health as we do about systemic health. Like I remember anat and phys, like anatomy and physiology, gross anatomy. I remember like dissecting stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, when was the last time a family physician had to like look at an extracted tooth and mm -hmm. identify if it's like healthy or decayed. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's just like this misconnection between what's taught versus what's learned. Yeah, there definitely is. And I mean, I mean, going back to what you were saying with like the AI stuff, like, I mean, I've been here at SmileCon today and I've been talking to all of the AI companies and mm -hmm. just like hearing all of the things that they have to say and stuff and hearing like the statistics on the accuracy yeah. and everything like that. And I mean, I'm not perfect. Like sometimes if I have a patient come in, we take x-rays 
and then I don't see it. But then the next time they come in, they weren't due for x-rays, but I see it on their past x-ray. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, God. Did I miss that? Like, yeah, I miss it. Like, yeah. now I have to bring it back up. And then are they going to, like, question me and, like, question, like, my competence and things like that? But, like, the thing is, like, we're all human. And, like, this technology helps us be better. Yeah. If you're And if, it's, if you're using it in conjunction with your clinical skills. Yeah. If you're, like... Okay, so this one person that was like not so nice, I did a deep dive. Like I went into like stealth mode and like searched their Instagram, looked at their office, like looked at like everything. Mm -hmm. And it was like an archaic dentist Mm -hmm, that like was probably still using burrs from like the beginning of dental school. Yeah. Like wasn't wearing loops. Mm -hmm. So like some of the hate that's going out there is from clinicians that are not evolving their clinical practice. And I think if you're not moving forward, you're falling behind, especially when it comes to science and technology. And it's our, it's our responsibility as clinicians to do and lead with evidence-based practice. So if science is changing and science is saying, okay, well, using your own eyes and not wearing loops is actually no longer the standard of care. Mm -hmm. If using X material is no longer the standard of care, if Mm -hmm. whatever incorporating, I, I, to the point where that doctor still had like film x-rays and paper charts. Like (laughs) I wasn't going to bring it up. I'm bringing it up now. Yeah. I mean, like, like I could, I couldn't see the charts, but I could see behind the reception desk. There was the cabinet. I know what that cabinet is for. The manila folders. Uh Yeah. And I mean, no shade at people that still write in clinical charts or that Mm -hmm. don't have digital x-rays. That's fine. If you're diagnosing, you're diagnosing. If you're doing, you're doing. But you can't like knock somebody else just because they don't fit into your little box of wherever you practice. Exactly. So, hmm. And, you know, like in dentistry. That was me doing the what? <laughs> Come it was, at me, bro. It was honestly very intimidating, just so you guys know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like coming from a place of scarcity. Because the volume of the yeah. boobs, that's why. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's juicy. <laughs> um, but it's like coming from a place of scarcity. Like, oh, there's yeah. not enough dentistry. But like yeah. there's so much dentistry out there for everybody. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just like the access to care. Do you get hate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, I do. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Give me an example of something that's like a core memory now of something negative that you got. And I don't want to like bring no, stir, you're but, good. but you're my good. question is going to lead to tell me about it and then tell me how you handle it. Yeah. So let's start okay. with the tell me about something. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll just talk about something that happened like pretty recently on my page. Like, I don't know if you saw, like, I posted about like the hygiene crisis. Yeah. And maybe I spoke too soon. You know, I, one one Why thing. Why would you say you spoke too soon? Well, I don't know, because I posted three videos and the first video, I don't know. I don't really agree with everything that I, I said in that video. You know okay. what I mean? Even though it was only like two weeks ago, I, I don't agree with everything that I said in that video because I've had some conversations with some people okay. and learned some things. Um, but anyways, I just I kind of had this opinion and basically like, can I talk about it? Yeah, or, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So basically. I don't remember the video. Okay. Well, I deleted it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Here's the thing. So I've been talking to a lot of dentists in the community where I'm from. And there are a lot of temp agencies who are charging like a whole lot of money for hygienists to come in and do temp work in the offices. Who are they charging? They're charging the dental office or the temp? Uh, The dental office. Okay. The dental office. And I'm not a practice owner. Okay. You know, so, and my mom's a dental hygienist. So I thought posting this video, it would kind of come from like a middle ground Got situation. It. You know, an what ally. I mean? An ally, Got exactly. It. 
though, basically, I just posted about how the temp agencies are trying to draw the hygienists to them in order for them to make more money, which I totally understand from the hygienist perspective. Like you're talking yeah. about, like you only got like a dollar raise in like a bunch oh of years. Goodness, yeah. You know what I mean? And like, that's a huge issue for sure. But like what's happening is right now we can't get enough hygienists into our offices because we can't afford to pay them the rates that they're wanting. Yeah. And that's not the case for all offices. So like corporate offices are going to have a little bit more money. Like not all private offices are going to have that much money. Like, we are insurance driven. Um, yeah. Well, not insurance driven. We, we take dental insurance sure. in our office. So, you know, um, there's certain things that we can't charge more for. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're setting and, that bar really high. So yeah. there's like an inflation happening on the rates of dental hygiene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I totally get hygienists wanting more. I totally get it. But for me, I was saying that the patients are the ones kind of suffering because we can't get patients in right yeah. now. Like we don't have anywhere to put our patients. Like me and my boss are seeing like two or three profies per day on wow. our schedule. So because, who's doing the restorative then? Yeah. Um, yeah. Us. us. Yeah. So it's just like, we just cannot see our patients. You know what I mean? And we've been trying to hire a hygienist for months. Yeah. And the thing is like, what's this the going is, rate? Like what's the going rate of for a hygienist in your neighborhood or your like area per um, hour? We're like 50. Okay, 50. 50. And yeah. then what are they asking for from temp from temp agencies? Maybe like 65. So that's like a whole $15 mm-hmm. more per hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like a lot. And for- what is what is the average hourly charge to a patient for an hour? Oh, like I think a profi in our office is $100. So that's, so that's like not even covering overhead. Yeah, exactly. So it just like from a business perspective, it's not making sense. And from the perspective of the temp agencies trying to get the hygienists in, it's kind of like it's not solving the big problem right. that we're having, which is, you know, for one thing, just giving hygienists like more autonomy and like diagnosing and sure. things like that. And like how you have your own practice. Like, I think that's amazing. Like that gives so many people more access to care. Yeah. yeah. So in Toronto, we have like a, like a very similar thing. We don't have the same temp agencies there. We've got different ones. I mean, same, same, same beast, just different, different name. Um, and there are similar situations that are happening in, in Toronto. I don't have that problem, fortunately, because my office is kind of like a unicorn office in the sense that I've got all the cool tech yeah. and I have new instruments and like the perks that come with being a social media person. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to try all new equipment mm-hmm. and you know, I'm good to my team and I, and I share my resources and my good fortune with them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not the only one that has multiple pairs of loops. If mm-hmm. te- none of my team members had loops when they came to work for me, I hired new grads and I got them loops. So it's like, yeah. you know, I, so I do, but that's, I mean, if I, if I can, why not? Right. Yeah, and it elevates yeah. the whole practice. Yeah. What happens on the hourly rate side is on the business side, Generally speaking, a dental hygienist should be earning 30% of what he or she bills. That's mm-hmm. kind of like on the business management side. Mm-hmm. Your overhead costs should be somewhere between 50 to 55% if you're running lean. Over COVID, my overhead was at 63%, which was hella high, but like everything was so expensive. Yeah. So it all comes down to this numbers game and this yeah. math game. And the problem with the American system in comparison to the Canadian system is that you're, you're, you're kind of charging a flat rate. Like your profi is a hundred dollars like that for us, we charge things separately. So 
time is what we bill for scaling. Mm-hmm. So one unit of time is 15 minutes. Oh, like if I'm with a patient for 45 minutes, then I can bill them 45 minutes worth of time, which is $173. If I do a, if I do a polish on the patient, there's a code for that. It's $28. If I do a fluoride varnish on the patient, it's $35. There's a code for that. If there's an exam happening, 01202, there's a code for that. So x-rays, there's a code for that. So every single thing is separated. So my hygienists make a percentage. So they don't get a flat flat rate, hourly rate. They get 30% of everything that they do in that appointment, excluding examinations. Mm -hmm. So that encourages them to be proactive and preventative to bring those patients back if they're not able to finish that hygiene, that profi turns into an SRP. Mm-hmm. But that also means that a new patient hygiene visit in my office can be anywhere between $380 to $450 for that 70-minute appointment. Mm-hmm. And so I gave them this option. I say, hey, you got three options. I can pay you an hourly rate. And I usually start them at like 45 or whatever it is per hour. And we get like a census that comes in. Mm-hmm. Or you can get a base plus a commission it's like $25 an hour plus like 20% of your billings, or you can get flat rate 30% of everything you bill. You choose, but you can't change your rate. Okay. So they sign on the dotted line and my hygienist makes $65 an hour some days when she's Mm -hmm. billing, when she's Mm -hmm. doing the right things, when she's checking her charts in the morning, Mm -hmm. but you have to put a system together in order for that, that to happen. And what I mean by this system is like, we don't set up our own rooms in the morning. We don't run our own lines. We have a floating assistant who comes in and she opens the entire office. And what we do is we systemize the way that we review our charts in the morning. Mm -hmm. So we all fill out the same sheet. We look at what's covered, what's not covered. Did we send an estimate? Are there any procedures that are to be done that should be done that were discussed? So we're spending 30 minutes in the morning, not setting up our suction lines and putting our varnish out we're going through the charts and yeah. going through the charts and doing a deep audit mm-hmm. so that nothing gets missed. Mm-hmm. And when things don't get missed, that's when things get billed. Yeah. So I feel what you're saying. And I, I'm sorry that my people, if my hygienist people <laughs> or dental people came at you for it, it also means that perhaps they don't have systems in place and they don't understand the struggles. Um, I highly recommend that hygienists should be earning a percentage. This is an associateship for them too, right? Like you want someone to feel like they're part of your practice and they own part of that patient yeah. and they own that care and yeah. they own the failures. Yeah, you got let me, skin in the game. You got skin in that game. Mm-hmm. If there's a, if there's an empty chair time and you're not making any money, mm-hmm. you, you, you yeah, look through those charts. Yeah, exactly. You're hunting through those charts. Exactly. You're using that AI. Exactly. So, exactly. Temp agencies are there for a reason. I tempt for three. Oh, for sure. I tempt for three years before I like found my first dental home. Mm-hmm. I did it because I wanted to figure out different softwares. Like it was Definitely. a strategic reason why I tempt. Yeah. I didn't do it for the money. I think that things have changed a lot mm-hmm. since. Mm-hmm. Just fine. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing it for the money and you're doing it for the flexibility, that's fine. But you still need to come in with like an ownership mindset. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And for what it's like, I attempt to for a yeah. while as well. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's cool. I, I don't, I don't know about all of the other stuff, but I do yeah. know that like, yeah, the rates of what hygienists are asking are higher. Do we deserve it? Technically? Yeah, we do mm-hmm. deserve it. Mm-hmm. Some of us yes. never got raises for a long time. Mm-hmm. However, if you're not billing enough, then how do you expect to earn that much? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's it's really just it's math. It's yeah, not, it's math. It's not it's how not nice what do you, you deserve. Are. Yeah, exactly. It's literally numbers right. is what it is. It's math. It and that number is 30%. So if you dental hygienist listening <laughs> this, go back to your run a production report. 
run a production report for the whole day, whatever your nine to five, 10 to one, whatever your day was, run a production report divided by how many hours. Mm-hmm. And then you can look at that. And then if you divide it by how many patients, you can look at what your average is per patient. Yeah. You can do that for a whole week. Yeah. And then see what your average is. So if if you're making 30%, then you're good. If you're making o- over 30%, congratulations. Yeah. But <laughs> technically you should be around that 30% mark because it's a give and take. It's yeah. You have to provide just as much as you're provided back to you. Exactly. So anywho. Yeah, no, I feel that too. Just being an associate, you know, I'm paid on, you know. Commission. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like that's how my pay is structured. So like that's kind of the way my brain works anyways. Yeah. And there yeah. are some DSOs that give their associates like a flat rate mm-hmm. uh, yeah, plus a, a little bit or a per mm-hmm. diem. Yeah. But that also doesn't incentivize this proactive approach. Exactly. And I don't mean overtreatment. I mean no. proactive as in like identifying things before they break. Exactly. But so how did you deal with this other than removing the Instagram post? <laughs> well, you know, um, I had a little Because you can't please everyone. No, you can't. You can't please everyone. Um, I had a conversation with hygienists that I knew in real life. Um, you know, hygienists at my practice, like after I was getting like all of these messages and stuff, you know, and you can have an opinion, but you can also have an opinion and be unkind with mm-hmm. it. And like, that's kind of the stuff that hurt my feelings the most was just like the unkindness. Um, but I guess I just talked with my hygienists and we kind of hashed it out, honestly, like not, they didn't agree with everything that I said and mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, you know, but they did agree with a lot of the things that I said and they understand that I have a good heart and that I'm learning and that, you know, like we can talk about these things and yeah. still be friends and come up with a solution that works for everyone. Yeah. Um, but really just talking to everybody about it and just, um, hearing everybody's perspective and their side and yeah. just understanding. I just ignore stuff. You just ignore stuff? I, I wish I could. <laughs> I think I think you get to a point where you're just like, you can't. You can't be everyone's cheerleader all yeah, at the same time. You yeah. can't have your own opinion and they might not like it. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Yeah. Like, I mean. I mean, I'm a huge people pleaser. So it's yeah. like, I want everyone to, that's another one of kind of my things that I'm working on in therapy, my life coach and everything. It's just like, I want everyone to like me. I want everyone to be my friend. I, and whenever someone doesn't, I'm just like, well, what's wrong with me? You know, like that's my tendency. Mm-hmm. It used to be my tendency, not anymore, but it used to be. Yeah. I think I said it on stage with David earlier that other people's opinions of you are none of your business. It's, that's right. I loved that. I yeah. heard you say that and I love that. Yeah. And people are going to have an opinion for whatever reason oh she's she's too bubbly or she's not bubbly enough or she's she looks too young she mustn't be a dentist Mm -hmm. or like to me like I get that stuff all the time like I'm too blonde god forbid I should have an opinion yeah so you can't please everyone all the time and I think you you run down a very slippery slope when, yeah for so. sure especially like with patients like if you're looking yeah. for like patient satisfaction if patient satisfaction is where you're getting your validation there's going to be huge issue there yeah huge issue a piece of advice for people listening anything before we wow. do one last thing wow let me think um be yourself we're on a floating rock. You know, none of this is going to matter in 200 years. Nobody's oh, going to remember us. So. We're on a floating yeah. rock. A floating <laughs> rock in the atmosphere. Yeah. I do something with podcast guests. It's called the the book of the box oh, of questions. This is so fun. You got to pick a question from the box. You got to read it out loud. You got to look at the camera All while right. you read it. And then you have to answer it honestly. All right. And they're not dental questions. All right. All right. Ooh. Go for it. You're going to do, you're going to do three. Three. Do I just pull three now? Just start with one. All right. I'm going to take a photo of you too. Uh oh. Of the people you spend. Show me the card. Show us the card. 
what does it say? Of the people? Okay, read it. Of the people you spend time with, who brings out your best qualities? <gasps> it's me, of course. <laughs> yeah. So besides <laughs> Irene, I would have to say my boyfriend, Kevin. Yeah. 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 He's he's just the best. You know, I just feel like he's been with me through hell and back. And it's just like I can just be myself, like even my worst self, my best self. Like he just takes it as it is and loves me for who I am. So Aww. I'm really grateful. Okay. That's yeah. a good one. All right. <laughs> one more. All right. I, I've yet to get someone that hasn't wanted to answer. Oh, what oh. don't your parents understand about you? Show me, show me. <laughs> okay. Man, there's a lot of things my parents don't understand about me. Um, <laughs> probably the fact that I don't eat meat. What do you mean they don't understand it? Well, I mean, I guess they get it. They're not vegetarians? Think. No, they're not vegetarians. Let me think. That that wasn't a good one. Let me think of something else. Wait, no, I want to answer that. I want you to answer that. So wait, parents. so what made you, have you never had meat? Or did no, you, and what made you want to become a vegetarian? Oh, yeah, man. So I, I was traumatized by a babysitter. <laughs> oh, she showed me, I don't know why she did this, but I was probably like five or six years old. Here we are sitting on the dial-up computer at home on the yeah. internet on PETA.com. And oh, she's no. showing me these slaughterhouses <gasps> when I'm just like a tiny child. And I just I was just like, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. Core memory. I'm not eating animals anymore. Never again. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay. All right. Last one. <laughs> yeah. Oh the big God. one. The big one. Oh. It's upside down. It's going to be grand. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Which close relative do you like the least and why? Uh-oh. I'll tell you this. <laughs> I have an <laughs> uncle. <laughs> I have an uncle that I don't really like, and he doesn't really like me either. Um, he just doesn't like the way I live my life. Like, he thinks that I need to be just like, I don't know, just like women need to be like. In the house. In the house. Like, you, you know. Bust out like, some babies. Yeah, and- exactly. Like, I got my nose pierced, and like, he had just a heart attack. Like, he, he told me I was going to hell and all this stuff like it was crazy yeah but I'm just like okay (laughs) we don't like you uncle what's his name uncle uncle Roy we don't like you uncle Roy yeah exactly you're dead to us yeah well thank you for being on the podcast this was a lot of fun thank you thank you I'm glad we got to do this yeah I'm so glad to. and everyone links below follow like you know subscribe and send love not hate please and thank you because I think, I think we have enough hate in us that we don't need to put it on the internet. Exactly. Till next time. Peace out, peeps. Bye. Oh, hey. So you made it all the way to the end. Thank you for sticking around. And I hope you enjoyed this episode, found it informative, entertaining, and of course, as per usual, find me hilarious. If you liked what you heard, it would really mean a lot to me if you could show your support by liking, commenting, or sharing this episode with a friend or family member. Your feedback and engagement helped me get on the mic today, and it would also improve our future shows and reach more people who maybe could benefit from our content as well. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to my podcast on your favorite platform or on YouTube. Follow along on this crazy journey with me at toothlife.irene and at toothordare.podcast on Instagram and Twitter. That way you'll be the first to know when episodes are released and you won't miss a beat. I appreciate your support and look forward to bringing you more great episodes in the future. From my team to yours, thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the flip side.